Hi, this is Pastor Rick. You know, I love On Demand because you get the Word of God in your hand and you can hear it when you want to. So today's message is about the cross and how Jesus showed them how to get to the other side of the cross. Sometimes you have issues in your life and the Lord wants to show you how to get to the other side of those issues. And there's a price tag you pay for things you've got to deal with on the other side. But stay with me today. Watch On Demand. It will bless your life. I'll come back and pray for you at the end. So stay right there. Well, I pray you've been blessed again on this Easter Sunday, and I want you to turn your Bible with me, and I want to show you a verse in the Bible that explains something that's really simple and profound. Most people in life are okay as long as they can see a future. When they can't see a future, they get frustrated. I want to show you how to look beyond where you are today and see a future. I call this managing on the other side of the cross. That's the name of the sermon. And the goal is to help you see how Jesus looked beyond the cross and saw the other side. In your life, there are moments when you have to stop and say, there must be another side to this. I know it seems bad, can seem really difficult in this season, but it's not necessarily as difficult as it seems. If you can open your heart and your mind and allow God to help you today, you can see a different world in front of you. You may be going through a divorce. You may be going through some challenges financially. You may be going through some physical challenges. But in the end, I promise you, the Bible's clear. God will help you see the other side. Watch Jesus guide us through this process where he helps us look beyond the way we feel. He, looks, he shows us how to look beyond your emotional expressions, beyond your frustrations, beyond what went wrong, and he says, let me show you how I did it. Look with me, if you would, please. And I want you to look at a verse in the Bible, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. Here's what it says. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Now, this is all a profound event that happened after the resurrection. So Matthew 27, we have the death of Christ, the whole march to the cross, the painful story you've heard over and over again. In Matthew 28, we have the resurrection. He rises from the dead after going through that horrendous weekend. Then thirdly, we see that he comes back, and in Luke 24, we see he has now risen from the dead, and he leaves. Now, this is an amazing moment because this is the other side he promised. This is the moment when he said, this is the promise I give to you that there will be another side to this. I know the cross is here. I know you have this in front of you. I know this is difficult, but this is not the end. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever in your life had a moment when you looked up and you were there on the other side. You thought about it. You were going to graduate one day from school. Remember that? And now you're, you're there. The question is, when you get there, what do you do? It's emotional. It's emotional to be there. It's emotional to go through the process to get there. And that's what this story is about. Jesus models for us, first of all, that there is another side. The cross is not the end. One of the sad things that happens when you talk about Easter and you talk about the cross and the death of Jesus is you get stuck at the cross. You can't see past the difficulty. And if you're really not careful, 
when you get to the other side, you don't know what to do. I see it all the time. People graduate from school, don't know what to do. People get out of um, a job position and move to a higher position, they don't know what to do. This is the moment where the disciples are living the promise. They're at the place that Jesus promised them. But then here's something that you have to be careful about. He also told them it's difficult on the other side. The other side's not perfect. The other side will come with challenges. And so imagine he's riding on the donkey, right, on, the, on, on that great, great Palm Sunday that we just celebrated last week. And then he comes to the cross, dies, and now he's rose from the dead. And so now the disciples are standing there kind of like what people do sometimes when they get their dream, when they get to the other side, they're a little bit complex. They don't know what to do. Their hands, they're looking up, they're watching Jesus leave, and now they have to go back in their mind and say, what did he say? Well, there were four things Jesus said to them, four things to prepare them for the other side. And let me tell you, school teachers do this all the time. Parents do it all the time. People do it all the time. They say, listen, I know you're dreaming. I know it's difficult. But here are four things you need to keep in mind that I want you to keep in mind about your future. Four things. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 lays out the case that Jesus made to them months ago. He laid out a case and said, guys, when you get to the other side, here's what it's going to be like. Number one, there's going to be pain. It's going to hurt sometimes. On the other side of your dream, on the other side of what you're asking for, there is pain. Ask people who just got married. Ask people who just got a job, just got a promotion, who started a business. There is pain on the other side. Secondly, there's blindness. There are times you can't see. Sometimes we really believe that the promises of God come without pain and without times of blindness. There are times you just absolutely can't see. Thirdly, there's hindrances. There are people, there are people, <laughs> there are habits, there are cultures, there are things that stop you. Then the last thing he says, there's going to be a correction. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. And that, those four things are just part of the journey. So if you can't be wrong, if you can't be the you know, person who says, hey, I, I was not right, I missed that, you're not going to go far. And when you get to the other side, you'll be frustrated. When you get, even getting to the other side, you'll be frustrated because you have to be wrong sometimes. That's part of learning to be right. And so what I want to do is show you this in the Bible. I want to map it out for you. I want to show you in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, how each of these four things manifested. And how he showed them each of these things and clearly stated to them prior to his cross experience. He said, let me sit you down and let me give you some basic fundamental truths that you need to keep in mind. Number one, Matthew 16, look at verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things uh, at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be, listen to this now, killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Wow. (laughs) Here he's talking to them before the cross. And he says, guys, uh, on the other side, there's going to be some uh, really difficult moments. Uh, They're going to kill me. It's going to be horrible. And um, chief priests are going to be, it's going to be just a mess. Uh, So, man, that's what it's going to be like. (laughs) Here's a question. Can you see beyond where you are right now? Can you see, uh, man, the truth about what you're facing? Can you, can you look at a difficult circumstance, a difficult season, and say, this, this is going to be painful? 
when you get ready to go to college, all the people who are seniors, right, in college, they look back at you and say to the freshmen, this, this is going to be painful. <laughs> you just look at them and say, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Everybody at a wedding, when they go to the wedding and you see them sitting there in the wedding, you want to go, yeah, 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 it's a great moment, it's a great event, but yeah, there's some pain ahead of you a little bit. There's a little bit of pain, maybe a lot. They're, they're, and there are attitudes you see. I have seen it at the reception. I've seen it, and I saw how they interact, and I thought, oh, boy, that's, that's going to be painful. That, that, you just know it. And Jesus tells the disciples, I'm sorry, I don't care what you think, how you feel. On the other side of the dream, there's pain. Look at the second example. He says, not only is it going to be pain, he says there's going to be blindness. Look at this, verse 22 of Matthew 16. He said, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter hears this conversation, and Peter goes, I, you know, I don't really just think this is out of bounds. Um, I don't quite understand, Jesus, why you're having these negative thoughts. You know, we, we Christians, we have this thing about anything negative, And we have to stop it right away, make a positive confession. You know, I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. There's no way in the world that's going to happen to me. So Peter gets on to that kick, right? And in verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And this is a hard conversation. Jesus, let me just tell you now, that's not going to happen. Okay, we need to be a little more positive about the future. You know, <laughs> so there's this dialogue going on. And, you know, and you feel like you are, you know, being an encourager. The last thing you expect is what Jesus came back with. Because Peter was emphatic. This will never, ever happen to you. That's what he said. This will never happen. Stop talking that way. <laughs> Watch the Lord's response. The Lord views Peter as a hindrance. And he said something to him that's insulting, painful, and I don't, want ever have to, I don't want anyone to have to say this to me. Here's what he said to him. It's verse 23. Jesus turned. Yeah, I love that. You know, notice the graphic. He turned. He, maybe he was looking away when Peter was talking, but he turned and said to him. This is called a face-to-face -face moment. Listen to this. Get behind me, Satan. That's fighting words right there. Bam. Pow. You the devil. You know what I mean? That's, bad. that's worse than your mama. You the devil, the Satan get behind me. Now, in that moment, you know, boy, that's hard. But then he doesn't stop there. Jesus goes a little bit deeper. You are a stumbling block to me. You're the devil, and you are a stumbling block to me. You're in my way, trying to get someplace, and I'm tripping over you right about now. I need you to move. He doesn't stop there. He goes further, and he says, you do not have in mind the concerns of God. Here's the third one. You're thinking crazy. Your mind's in the wrong place. You're a stumbling block. You're the devil. Oh, boy, this, this <laughs> put up your dukes. This is bad stuff. Then he says, you're only thinking about human concerns. You're in the flesh. Silence. <laughs> it's quick. It's quiet. Man, this is like a karate kick in the wall. Wow. And you just hope the other disciples didn't hear it because this was classic. Who's hindering you? Who, 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 is, who is hindering your confidence? Who's the person that's got you thinking strong, thinking ways, in ways that's unhealthy? When I read this, I think, man, what kind of thinking is this? I have a conviction that one of the greatest dangers to me is philosophical influences. Things that people say to me that kind of move me in the wrong direction. 
They blind my eyes. I can't see past what they say. There are people, and I've had this, I've had this in my life where I'm fine until I'm with this person or when I'm around this group. There's something about certain things. I even discovered that watching certain movies and certain, certain influences, they, they, they pull me to a place of insecurity that blinds me. Peter is sincere, but he is, listen to me, sincerely wrong. There's a series I do called Sincerely Wrong Thinking. You mean well, you're trying to do well, but man, you're not a help to your kids. You're a horrible influence. You are a negative influence to them. You cuss all the time. You're all out. You're, you're just out of bounds. You're just out. I mean, there are times people mean well, but they don't know how to do you well. And they'll never get you to a place of victory. What's really amazing is Jesus understood how to win. See, he, he understood If I want to get from here to there, then I've got things I have to do. So look at verse 24. This is important because now he says, let me show you how to win. Verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. It all starts, first of all, with the desire. Whoever wants to be. It's not going to be forced. This is kind of God's God's, um, way of life. It's a kingdom principle. I'm not going to force you. Why? Because it doesn't work. I'm not. I'm not. Part of the reason there's a judgment in the last days is because God gives you free will. He says, I'll tell you what, I want to I give you an opportunity to decide. You decide what you want to look like. You decide, you decide if you want to be in shape, out of shape, healthy, unhealthy. You decide what you want to eat. You decide, you decide how you spend your money. You make the decisions. You want to be moral, immoral, hypocrite, truthful, whatever it is. Whoever wants to be my disciple, he must follow me. Whoever wants to be, that's the key word, whoever wants to, verse 24. Whoever wants to be, whoever Nobody, black, white, short, small, doesn't matter. Woman, man, whoever wants to be my disciple must, key term, deny, big term, themselves. I'm not going to deny you. God will watch you wreck your life, your family, your church. He'll watch you. He will not stop you because that's his gift to you, free will. You got to deny yourself. Here's a big statement. Take up, I love the way he words this, their cross. It's personal. You want to win? You want to get past this? You want to get to the other side? You, you want to see the other side of victory? Here's what you have to do. You have to carry your cross. There's some things that are your cross. It's your cross. It's not my job. It's your job. You borrow money from people and you need to have your own money. Sometimes you need to pause. I mean, I understand you can have a tough season. Okay, we're there. Tough seasons come. People should help you during those seasons if they can. But understand the bottom line. This is your cross. This is my church. I pastor this church. I pastor this church. It's my responsibility. My family, my house, my grass. It's my responsibility. And then I have to decide, he said, to follow me. Jesus is very clear. If you want to get to the other side, guys, here's the deal. You've got to decide to follow me. You have to decide to pick up your cross. You have to decide to follow me. Not the preacher chasing after you. So here's what he demands. You ready? You want victory in your life? Jesus said, let me summarize it for you very simply. He said, if you want victory, you got to deny yourself. Self-denial is part of it. It's self-denial. It's me saying no to me. It's me <laughs> this morning cooking breakfast deciding, are you going to eat that or are you going to eat this? Denial. What are you going to do, Ricky Temple? It's up to you. You're going to walk today or not walk? Exercise or not exercise? What are you going to do? Go to sleep? To get, what are you going to do, sir? It's not for me to decide for you. It's your gift. You know, it's really amazing. You jack up your life, you mess up your life, you, and then you blame God like God somehow did, you some, did something wrong to you. Why are there? Why? Why? You chose that person. You fell in love. You, you, you. There's a point where you have to say, there's a part of this that I own. 
and I was not willing to deny myself this person or deny myself this, this fun thing. It was fun. It was wonderful. But it wasn't good long term. Secondly, I have to willfully participate. He's not going to force me. I say that again because I want you to get it. He willfully went to the cross. He willfully laid up. He, he, he said, no man takes my life. <laughs> I lay it down. He says, I could call a legion of angels and fix this real quick. But I choose. I willfully participate in this death for you. Thirdly, I surrender my life. I love what he says. It's, it's a tremendous verse. He says, verse 23, 25, I'm sorry. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's all about surrender. If I try to hold on to it, I lose. I watch it all the time in leadership. If you try to hold on to members, you try to hold on to people, you try to hold on, you've you got to re- release people. You've got you to you not, not live in this controlling mindset. Whoever seeks to, to hold on, if you just surrender, he says, that's where the power is. The power is in surrender. Sometimes in your marriage, that's what turn, will turn everything around. In your business, if you just consider for a moment not controlling, whoever wants to save their life will lose it first. But if whoever loses their life, that's how you find it. <laughs> Jesus closed with this final thought in a way that really makes me go, wow, am I surrendered or not? Sometimes I think I am surrendered. Sometimes I think I am clear, but I think I, if I'm honest, sometimes I really wasn't. I wasn't as surrendered as I thought I was. This challenge we faced as a nation over the last several months have made me check myself. I sit a lot and look out the window and pray more because I find myself saying I need to just not surrender my mind to the news, surrender my mind to the latest big thing that's in the country's concern or political issue. There are moments I need to surrender to you with just me and you, God, looking at my own life, my own resources, my marriage, my life. So let me ask you, are you surrendered? I didn't ask you, were you a religious person? I didn't ask you, did you go to church? I mean, that doesn't really matter much if you're not surrendered. As a matter of fact, we need to really stop worshiping church and worship God again. And I think there's a, there's a real challenge for some they have a hard time separating the two. You can sing in the choir. You can dance in the church. You can do anything you want. But if you're not surrendered to God with your mouth, with your words, with your attitude, if you don't surrender your politics to God, if you don't surrender your, your, your family, your pride, then you're not telling yourself the truth. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. I'm starting a brand new series. <laughs> it's called Tell the Truth. That's the name of the series. It's a four-part series that I'm going to talk about truth. And I want to ask you two important questions starting next week. One is, are you lying to yourself? That's what I want to talk about. I want, I want you to pause. I want you to pull your car on the side of the road. And I want you to ask yourself, am I telling myself the truth? Sometimes I like to stand in the mirror when I'm angry or I'm frustrated about something. And I was look at me and I said, Ricky Temple, tell the truth. Why do you think you have the right to be that angry? Tell the truth. What's the problem? And if, I, if I'm scared, sometimes things will intimidate me. And I'll, I'll stand in the mirror and say, so why are you afraid of it? What are you afraid of? 
I remember, I remember in a moment when I had something happen. It was related to um, a situation, and I, I just got overwhelmed. And I came to the church, and I remember praying. And in the middle of that prayer, a thought came to me. What are you afraid of? Name, name, name the person that's intimidating you. And I couldn't name, I couldn't name anybody. It was just the, the, the event emotionally attacked me. And, I, and I, had, I had this great moment of prayer, and, we, and it really stayed with me. You know, stop being, you're afraid of, you, don't even, you can't even name what you're afraid of. You're afraid of dying, the doctor gave you a report, you're not dead yet, you're watching me. You're alive, right? I hope so. I mean, I, there's a moment in your life when you have to say the truth is, tell yourself the truth. <laughs> Are you currently lying to yourself? And here's, here's the last one. I want you to go back in your, in your history books and I want you to say, when's the last time I lied to myself? When's the last time I lied to me? And, and some of you, you're, you're lying about your walk with God. You're lying to yourself about where you are. Well, God, God's goal is to get you to the other side. He died on the cross to get you beyond that. He wants you to get you to a place of truth and healing. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you now. I want, to, I, want, I want you for a moment to just stop everything and let me pray for you. You got a family around you, but you folks aren't acting like a family. You're not getting along. You're almost on the, on the border of divorce. You're not, you're not close. Your money's a mess. Your life is a mess. You know, you know, you know the truth. We'll talk more about it next week. But let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment where those who hear me, those who hear this message, think about truth, where they are, where they need to be, and the things that need to be changed. Let this be a moment of reckoning. You died on the cross so they can get to the other side of the cross. You died so they can have a new life, a new beginning. Let this moment come in a real way in their lives, in their homes, in their school, wherever they're watching this on demand or in person. Let the Holy Spirit touch them now and transform their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray that blessed your life. I pray you get the picture now that you have to, in your life, decide you want to follow Jesus. It's all about you following him. He'll help you get to the other side. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those today who are managing their lives through a challenging season. They have the cross they're bearing. They have the the burdens that they're carrying. They have things they have to deny themselves. Give them strength today and let them find peace in your word and healing as they trust you through this season of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Pastor Rick. It's been a joy having you. I'll see you next time right here on Demand.